You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings, listeners. Welcome once again to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. And joining me, as always, are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. And um, since you were uh, on the last two, I think you should have introduced yourself in Greetings. Well, Dallas has already done that for me, so. (laughs) The people want to hear from you, Chris. (laughs) And and you now have taken care of that by Uh, by uh, naming me, so. I'm here to help. Move on from here. I'm here to help. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, we have a guest. Yes, we do. Joining us uh, this evening uh, is Jason Johnson. How are you doing, Jason? Hey, doing great. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, For those of you who may not have made it to one of the last few uh, tapestry conferences where Jason spoke. Yes. I think it's the last time that I, I saw you in person. Um, Jason uh, is a writer and a speaker. He encourages families and equips churches and organizational leaders on their foster care and adoption journeys. Uh, he's currently serving as the director of church mobilization and engagement with the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And in his work, he develops resources, coaches leaders, and teaches in a variety of contexts on church-based ministry structures organizational leadership, and strategy. He's also a sought-after speaker for churches, retreats, conferences, and events for foster and adoptive parents, which is how we came to know him, uh, as well as for those considering getting involved in those areas. Prior to his work at CAFO, Jason spent 14 years in church staff ministry, including planting and pastoring a church in Houston, and it's there that his family's foster care journey began. Jason and his wife, Emily, live in Texas with their daughters. He's the author of four books, and if you want to learn more about Jason and his resources, you can find that at his uh, website, jasonjohnsonblog.com. So welcome, Jason. Hello. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Thanks. He does a lot. Hey, so I, I was thinking yeah. while Chris was reading that, and, and I think we've known each other in a, at least eight years, maybe 10. It, it's been a yeah. while. And I was trying to trace back to the origin, and I honestly can't remember. Yeah, well, it's now probably I, the first CAFO that we no, now I'm gonna, before CAFO. Now I'm going to feel really silly sharing the story because it was clearly more memorable to me than it was to <laughs> because you. Re- <laughs> because you remember saying it. I should. Uh, okay, so, so yeah. this, this, I, I, I can see how that came across. <laughs> no, no. So, so this, this is this is this is. I remember we were down and uh, I had just taken the job with Tapestry, and we were down uh, a group of people. We were down at the Capitol having meetings and, you know, as, as those things happen, trying to figure out how, how you can influence legislation and those kinds of things. And you had uh, driven up and you weren't there in the morning, but you met us for lunch and we're going to st- you were going to stay the afternoon. And, um, and as everybody was clearing out, you were, you were sitting at the opposite of the table and you came down to where I was sitting and saying, Hey, you know, heard you got the job, wanted to meet you. And then we sat down and I feel like we hit it off because we never actually went back to the Capitol. We we sat in the restaurant talking for hours, and then we decided to go back to the Capitol. And I remember this, standing outside of the restaurant talking for about another hour. And I actually never went back. I just went in my car and went back to the hotel. 
<laughs> so that that was it. But that must have been at least eight or nine years ago. Gosh, yeah, feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. I had no. I don't even know yeah. if I had a beard, little on this very gray one that I have. <laughs> Well, let's see. You got the tapestry job the first summer that we met at Horn Creek, which was our third year there. So Nathaniel would have been three, and he just turned twelve. So yeah, nine yeah, years. Nine yeah. years. Yeah. Nine years. What are we going to do for our tenth, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness gracious! Hopefully, be uh, be at some conference together. I was going to say, I think that's what we did for our 10th sure. wedding anniversary. We went to a conference. <laughs> we stayed in a hotel, though, so it was just the two of us. It was, it was fancy. Lovely. Oh, fancy, fancy, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could drive up from from where you live, and we can drive down and meet in the middle at Waco and, and go and enjoy yeah, lunch yeah. at the Magnolia Silos. That seems like an anniversary yeah, kind yeah. of thing to do. <laughs> get one of those yeah, delicious some, cupcakes. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, get some cupcakes at jojo's little bakery oh, there my yeah. goodness those things are amazing uh we saw jojo you know so it's about an hour and a half from us and uh we live in the world of travel volleyball now i'm not sure how oh, we're uh, about we, to enter we, that we, season <laughs> yeah so it's it's something and uh we were at a, <laughs> i'm afraid of that <laughs> we're at a, we actually had a tournament here in our own town uh, a, we have a brand new facility and some teams from waco came in and uh, Jojo has a daughter the same age as one of our daughters. And so our daughter oh. uh, played Jojo's team. And, you know, of course, hundreds of people, I, maybe even thousands of people in this facility and just all eyes on her. Yeah. And, yes. And just, you know, she had a, she had a, a bouncer with her, someone that kind of walked in front of her the whole time <laughs> and helped kind of clear a path. But I thought, what a, what a fascinating you just want to try and watch Life. your kids, you yeah, know, you're just play volleyball, and yeah. that's well, hard. Our ten-year-old's playing her first volleyball season, and she's on a team that's that's coached really well. I mean, the coach is really impressive. She doesn't just yell at the kids to try harder; she actually, you know, instructs them, and even during yeah. the games, at least coaching them up. And and she told us recently that coach said that next year they'd be el- eligible to go to a national tournament, and yeah. she informed us that she was either going to Kansas City or Columbus. She wasn't. Yeah. She's she's like naming it and claiming it. Yeah, I yeah. was like, yep. I was like, you know, you probably have to qualify for that. And she goes, I know, but coach is confident we'll get there. Yeah, and I was like, they yeah. didn't lose yeah. either. Hey. I mean, they're, they're yeah, pretty impressive. They're pretty. But we came not to discuss volleyball. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, I was just thinking while you guys were talking about volleyball, how um, sports has transformed the lives of your children, and that's kind of what we're talking about is transformation which is why we wanted to have Jason on. That's kind of in his wheelhouse, yeah. uh, especially the transformation that we uh, have undergone and continue to undergo uh, as parents of uh, foster and adoptive kids. Yeah, for sure. I think I said to somebody one time, I was like, you know, I don't think we would have gone on the journey of like exploring our own mm-hmm history and all of that if we had just had biological kids. I think we would have just continued whatever cycles we you know, our parents had done and our grandparents had done and all of that, I think we wouldn't have thought anything different. I don't know that for to be, you know, 100%. It's likely a, it's but, likely a safe bet. Yeah, but I feel like becoming an adoptive and a foster parent has made us more introspective and made us look at why mm-hmm. do we do things the way we do and mm-hmm. all of that, which in turn has helped our kids because they are more introspective. You know, I just 
traveled with my um, 14 year old, with our 14 year old daughter. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about some things and she's like, Oh, she said, is that why I do that mom? And then she started talking about, well, I think I'm getting better and here's what I'm doing and da da da. And I was telling Ryan about the conversation and he was like, that's more insightful than most 14 year olds are. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's because that's just what we talk a lot about it and reflecting and stuff like that. And so it's been so for me, just looking at the transformation as a parent, you know, would I have even gone on this journey if I hadn't, if we hadn't fostered, if we hadn't adopted? And I think there's another element within there that I'm, I'm pretty confident there's plenty of adoptive foster care parents out there who don't go on that journey. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. So those of us who have, I, you know, something has happened along the way to put us on that path. Yeah. You know, we met somebody who brought up, you know, connected parenting or whatever we got into the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, or we had problems so bad with a particular child that we needed to seek help. And in seeking that help, we learned about this whole process, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, we've all probably encountered those parents who are just, yeah, not going to go down that road. Yeah, it's too hard. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, um, one of the surprising twists in all of this is, um, that very shortly after opening your world to this, it begins to expose things within you that yeah. Kayla, like you said, like likely would have never had exposed or had to really deal with or wrestle with, or maybe, and, and, and just kind of, I would have just kind of persisted on through the remainder of our lives, maybe with low level unhealth. Right. Yeah. And like, but we've learned how to kind of deal with it well enough to get by, but then what this, what this process does is it quickly kind of draws those things out and reveals some things to you. And then I, a lot of people have a decision to make in that moment. And it really is a pivotal one. And I think it actually really, it's a decision that dictates so much to follow. How, how much am I going to lean into this and deal with some of my own mess that is now being surfaced and revealed? And how much am I not going to? And to the extent that I am or am not willing, it really will have significant implications on how this whole thing continues to play out. I mean, at least that's been yeah. our experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, Kayla said, would, it, would I have gone on a journey of, of healing and, and discovery and all those kinds of things had we not done, had we not chosen to build our family this way? And I am firmly believe that the answer to that is no, none of us would yeah. have, right? Because I think right. all four of us have seen therapists before, right? That's not a secret, right? And so, um, because I think that we all are at a, all of us are at a level of functional unhealthiness yeah whether that be emotionally unhealthy spiritually unhealthy physically unhealthy mentally unhealthy all of those things put together when, when i talk about being healthy it's usually a combination of those four things yeah. and i think for, for all of us we're at a level of functional unhealthiness and 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 that's okay because we're functional and that's why we don't pay attention yeah. but when you but when you want to understand why did i react that way why did I react like that to that child, that specific child, that specific way, and all those things? Uh, to me, those are the opening steps into like, okay, now now I want to understand why I respond the way I do, 
and it's it's rooted in you know the way my parents responded to me which is rooted in the way their parents responded to them right yeah. and i think one of the things that that at least for kayla and i and i don't want to speak for you and chris but i think one of the things that that the way it's transformed us is that any sort of uh, angst or anger that we may have had towards our parents for for a myriad of things has actually gone away and 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 it hasn't it hasn't necessarily meant like we just want to go on vacation with them all the time now but what it means is we tend to not get as angry in response to some of the things they may say or do because because it's helped us understand them better too yeah. hello empowered parent podcast listeners i wanted to share with you a little bit how you can become a supporter of the podcast Becoming a supporter is a financial way to help the podcast, but also get some great extras to go along with it. We have tiers starting at just $5, but you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month as a way to say thank you. Anything is greatly appreciated. To learn more, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. All right, back to the podcast. Well, and I think, you know, that that functional unhealthy if you grew up with functional and healthy, it seems normal, right? Like whatever you are used to seems normal. And so that's why when you, you know, like you get married and you have two different families coming together and they're, they may have both been functionally unhealthy, but in different ways, you know, and it's like, it's growing pains, but most people just kind of go, Oh, whatever, you know, and they learn to be, you know, kind of doing the same functionally unhealthy things Mm -hmm. together, you know, and, and I think, you know, like you said, Jason, it's like there, there's a choice that has to be made when those things get revealed in us. When, when we say, oh my gosh, this kid, their behaviors or the things they do or the things they say, it's really triggering something in me. We have a choice mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to figure out how to fix this kid and get them to stop triggering mm-hmm. me. Or I'm going to look at myself and go, why does this trigger me? And I think that's the, that's the place where you know, like you said, Chris, where some people just, they don't go down the road of, of healing, even though it's revealed because they choose to go, it's not me, it's the kid. Um, and, and if we just go, it's the kid, then we don't get that to that place. We just say, somebody fix my kid and we put them in therapies and we put them in this and we put them in that. And none of that's bad because we all need healing. But if we don't look at ourselves, if we don't go there first, um, we don't get that transformation that ultimately leads to healing for everybody mm. in the family. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the, one of the things we bring up often that I think is relevant in our parenting, but we see it come up a lot, even in the work I get to do with leaders, organizational leaders, church leaders is just kind of identifying what, what is the thing what is the thing that you think is standing in the way or the thing that is the biggest barrier to moving forward or the thing that you're struggling, you, you feel you're struggling with the most. And then often, you know, what we find is that the thing is often not really the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing, you know? Yeah. And there's always a thing behind the thing behind the thing. <laughs> there's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, 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 as we're learning to, parents very differently Mm. Um, and not just address the thing but be looking for what is the thing behind the thing yeah in uh, in our kiddos and then and then when when we when things are drawn out of us and we go wow what 
here here's the thing that was just drawn out of me but what is the the thing behind that thing like within me mm-hmm. that that even precipitated that you know and and yeah i mean it, it, it could be i mean top of mind i think you know those moments where i don't want to connect before i correct i just want to correct you and move on and be done yeah i just need it done you know and just feeling like this it's just bubbling up and i go whoa man it is really like the thing that i i'm 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 expressing is really rooted in the the real thing is i my my desperate sometimes aggressive need for control and mm. I go, wow, I mean, let's, let's take a step back from that and, and really do the hard work of looking into what, why, why is that there? Where's it coming from? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I, I heard recently, uh, even something that's been profound for me lately is I honestly don't even know where I came across it. I, I suspect, I think I might, but, um, it, 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 it was talking about, um, they were talking about resentment. And how sometimes we we tend to think, well, the thing behind the thing of resentment, like the emotion behind resentment, is uh, anger, right? Like mm. I'm I'm angry, and so I'm resentful. And and they were saying actually, it, what what we find is that the emotion behind resentment is is really more like envy. Mm. You know, mm. it's um, it's I'm I'm envious of fill in the blank and that kind of produces a sense of resentment in me. Mm. And I go, wow, that feels so much more like my experience with feelings of resentment. Mm. Um, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'll be frank with you. <laughs> frank is my honest, my honest, when I need to be honest, I, I take on the persona of a man named Frank. Uh, <laughs> that's really, that's saying that out loud is very strange, but, uh, <laughs> but we but, all know what you mean. You know, to, yeah. To be frank, um, there are that I've actually been wrestling through that lately. Um, mm. being exposed to this idea of what if, what if some of those feelings of resentment that kind of express themselves in terms of, I, I sometimes resent that things are hard. Um, I sometimes resent that uh, things could have been easier mm. yeah. had we not made the decisions that we made, right? And I go, wow. Um, to what degree does that is that really an expression of kind of low level <laughs> functional envy, right? Like I'm yeah. envious, but not paralyzing. I can actually function too. But I go, man, yeah, maybe I am looking around at others who didn't make some of the decisions that we made years ago about our family. And they, their lives just look so much easier. Yeah. And, and it produces in me sometimes a sense of resentment. And I go, okay, wow, there's a thing behind the thing. And let's kind of spend some time doing some work there um, and, and finding those places where I am in need of kind of transformation and renewal. Yeah. There. So you Because, uh, man. I don't deal with that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk, you, you mentioned this, this phrase, the thing behind the thing several times. And, um, yeah. 
and then you were talking about like uh, I'm angry, and I think you know one of the ways that my my thinking has transformed over the years is when I have anything on the anger spectrum of emotions. The question is not 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 what happened that made me angry, but what's the thing that's driving my anger, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and 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 they talk about anger being a secondary emotional response, right? And and one of the things that drives anger is fear. It's why when somebody cuts you off in traffic. And you may yell at them or make gestures with your hands. I'm no judgment here. I don't know what you do when people cut you off in traffic. Um, but I, I pray for them. Yeah, if you don't know, Jay I don't. I say, if, you don't, if you don't know Jason the way I know Jason, you may have missed the joke there. Um, so I show him who's boss. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and and they're, and they're saying, and, and so the person used the traffic thing as an example, saying that you know you're angry because for a minute there you were afraid that something bad was going to happen to you, whether that be your car got hit, you got injured, your life ended, and out of born out of that fear is the anger that drives your response. Yeah, because I'm way more angry when somebody cuts me off. If I have my children in the car. Oh yeah, that's insightful. Yeah. Because you're more protective. Correct. Right. I mean, I'm in, I'm in dead mode, right? Like yeah. if I'm just in the car by myself, I'm just, I'm in self mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, well, when I'm in the car with him, he got very angry that one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're, we're, we're heading out, we're heading to meet some friends. So, oh, so we're going to tell the story. Okay. Why not? <laughs> we're heading over to meet some, this is, we're an open book over here on the EPP. Um, we're heading over to meet some friends. So what's like a Cowboys Giants or something? Um, and Chris comes, swings by the house and picks me up and we're driving and we're on the highway and, you know, people are driving at 75 or whatever, 80 miles an hour on the highway. It's not like we're going slow. And this dude just cuts Chris off and he gets angry as all of us understand. <laughs> and he accelerates like, I don't know, like we're going to get into a high speed car chase or something on the interstate <laughs> over here. He slowed down and he I, cuts I, me off and then he slows down. And, and then, oh, you changed lanes to go next to him. And I, and I said, all I said was Chris. I'm not bailing you out of jail tonight. <laughs> that, that's all I said. And, and I feel like my calmness connected with Chris. Made him laugh, and then he wasn't quite so angry yes, anymore. There was, there that was, and our exit was coming up pretty soon. So, <laughs> so it was all for sure. Combination. Show. <laughs> all right. Oh, but I do all think, times. you know, like going back to this, you know, what's underneath when we have that. I, I like that um, – that envy, you know, being underneath that, um, because that is, you know, when we start to feel resentful, I do see envy of, you know, I, I, all the time looking at other families who things seem to be pretty easy, whether it's educationally or whether it's, um, you know, they don't have these learning hurdles that we're jumping over or whether it's, um, socially, you know, we've got kids that struggle with social anxiety and things like that. And, and, and I'm like, I know other families struggle with things and you don't always see it. And so maybe that's some of it too. But I think when I'm looking at these families, I can kind of go, man, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, the way we built our family, things might be a little easier. You know, things might've gone a little differently. There's also this underlying um, feeling of, you know, there's, there's always an emotional, when we have these emotional responses, I've had, um, moms who've come to me and said, I was never a, um, I was never a like yeller until we adopted. <laughs> and now all of a sudden I feel like I yell at my kids a lot, mm -hmm. you know? 
and, or I was never a, um, I was never seemed to be an angry person until we adopted. And so sometimes if we think that we weren't that kind of person before adoption, then some of the resentment we have gets placed on that child mm -hmm. because we're like, well, I didn't do it until they entered they my showed life. Up. You're associating the anger with so, the child. Yeah, yeah. So you associate it with them when in reality it was there. You this child know. just brought it out. <laughs> right. Like you may not have been a yeller because nothing had gotten you to the point of that anger. And so this particular child kind of brought that anger out in you, but it was already mm -hmm. in you. It wasn't the child's fault. It was just maybe lying dormant, so to speak, right. you know? Um, and so it was that particular situation that, brought it out in that moment. And so if you, if you associate it with that child, then that resentment begins to build. I, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about, about doing this podcast is that it is, it is th it's therapy for me. Like, like we get to talk about things like, like every single episode, there's like something that comes out that was probably hiding in the recesses of my mind. And, and so I want to say this though, in, in terms of, of this kind of being a therapy exercise for us is that, is that, is that when we started doing this thing, there is zero way that you would have just said the things that you just said. Mm. Right, admitting like, hey, you know what, there are feelings of resentment sometimes because things aren't easy. And then I realized that, that that's being aimed, aimed at a child and then I have to understand why that is. I, I just think that, that that is transformational right there to be able, I guess what I'm trying to say is that one of the ways we've all been transformed is we're okay with talking about our failures and our struggles because we now have, have, have accepted that quite possibly that connects with somebody else who may be struggling with the same thing, mm -hmm. but thinks they can't talk about it. Mm. And that's one of the things that I love about not just the, the, the parenting we do, but the work that we do as well. That we get to have mm. that level of vulnerability with people and, and essentially give people permission to say it's okay to not be okay and we can't talk about these things. Yeah. Well, because mm -hmm. we've, seen, we've seen the fact that leaning into those places that are hard has actually brought about not as much hard, you know? I mean, we had yes. we had seasons that were so, so hard, recent seasons that were so, so hard, and we thought, this season's never going to end. <laughs> like, it just feels like it's never going to end. And sometimes you want to throw in the towel. Sometimes you want to be just like, I'm just, I can't do this anymore, and check out. And, and I'll be honest, there are times when Ryan will look at me and he'll go, don't check out. Don't check out because he can see the look in my eyes when I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just don't want to do it. And he's just like, stay engaged, stay engaged. And, and I'm like, deep breath, go get a drink, find a snack, come back, re-engage. Because sometimes it's really hard. It's marriage therapy now because, because there was a time when I said, if I'd said stay engaged, that she would have shifted her full engagement focus to me. I would have been engaged, just not with the child anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, if you want to, or Chris, one of you wants to divert us from the trouble, the hole I'm digging for myself here, that'd be much appreciated, fellas. Well, something that Kayla well, said I, a few minutes ago yeah, go, reminded go me of, I think that what's at the heart of the needed transformation that we, the needed transformation we need, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going to, that's literally the words that were going to come out of my mouth. The transformation that we need to, I guess, undergo to to really connect with our children on this journey, it all really boils down to expectations. We've all got expectations of what this journey is supposed to be like. Yeah. 
we just don't even realize, I think, a lot of times that we have these expectations. Uh, and whether they, those ex- expectations were put on us uh, through the culture, uh, through our, our own families, or what have you, they're there. Uh, and I think that's what happens a lot of times. When we get into those moments where the anger starts to well up, it's because we had an expectation that it wasn't supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. Why is it like this? Yeah. And we didn't even realize we had that expectation. That's, that, was, that was part of it for me, was I didn't even realize I had expectations. Yeah. And, but they were there. Mm-hmm. And so part of, part of it for me was dealing with those expectations and having to readjust. Yeah, like, why did this make me so mad? Oh, because I thought I was going to speak one time and my children are going to listen. You know, Not even one time, I maybe mean... like three or four. They still aren't, you know. <laughs> I realize it's going to be 17. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a great a great point to draw out is those expectations and you know someone early on for us uh, I don't even think sat me down and said Jason I have some sage wisdom for you that is really going to help carry you <laughs> through I think it was just one of those passing comments mm. and it was commentary maybe on their own experience and I just happened to be in the room and pick up on it and thought. I feel like that's something I need to hold in my back pocket. Mm. And they were talking about, and, and this, and, and to, to kind of disclaimer this, this, this wasn't even a, a, it was a dad. And I know, I know him. He, he's not a, they're not a family that has fostered or adopted. He was just speaking in general terms. One thing that they found in their family is that he tended to kind of, hyperinflate um, things like birthday parties or vacations and have mm. like these really inflated expectations of how wonderful they were going to be mm. and how beautiful they were going to be and how they were going to create such wonderful family memories and bonds to the degree that he had inflated these, these expectations so much that um, everything felt like a letdown. Mm. And, uh, um, and I thought, man, that feels really wise, and I need to hold on to that. And then turning and kind of application on our own family and our own experience, really kind of processing through and even transforming the way that I think about kind of the 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 shoulds. Like, it should be like this. It mm. should work like this. Mm-hmm. Um and inflating certain expectations, not just about how birthday parties will go, which they typically don't go well for one of our kiddos. I mean, yeah. it's just not a good idea. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and what this experience should be like, right? Um, and when I when I cling really, really tightly to these expectations of should, mm-hmm. and then I find myself let down because I I just I had high, way too high of expectations then man, it's just kind of a spiral into resentment and anger and envious of those that it actually not only should be like that, but it can be like that for them. And um, so just even as, as I'm listening to you guys talk and, and Ryan, you're making great points about, I don't even know that we'd be able to say some of the things that we say now mm. had, had this journey not kind of required that we go to those places. I think of even in scripture where it talks about one of the places that we are most in need of being transformed is in through the renewal of our minds and Mm -hmm. the transformation of the way that we think. Mm 
and I'm just kind of um, freewheeling here, but I just think maybe there's a lot of connection between this this idea of the way that I think and process and perceive is in need of being renewed and transformed. And that takes on multiple applications and the expectations that I set on things in the shoulds that I establish in my, in my thinking in no, but this is how it's supposed to work, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, it actually works the exact opposite, right? Just completely different parents and style. And it's just so much of like a deconstructing of how maybe we've been taught or, you know, subtly suggested to us, this is how you should think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just required a complete transformation of thought and, and mind for, for us. Um, and I don't know if that's even making sense, but as I, as I listen to you guys, I, I think so much of this is about my capacity um, to handle well what's going up on in my head. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, if I don't have a rein on that mm. and good people and good things around me helping me to renew the way that I'm thinking about certain things, then... Um, then I just know it's not going to, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. We call that getting stuck in our head. You know, we tell, we talk to our kids about that a lot. It's like, don't get stuck in your head. Like talk it out. What is true? Speak truth. Okay. It's not that, you know, like you're saying, it's not that this is the way it should go. This is the way I thought it was going to go. But that doesn't mean it's the way it should go. It's just the way I thought it was going to go, you know? And so if I can, if I can go, oh, because yeah. I've ha- I've been there on vacations where I've, you know, I had this grand plan. We'd spend all this time and money planning and prepping, and then it did not go the way we wanted it to go. Um, but if yeah. I can think about it in the sense that it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but that doesn't mean this isn't the way that it should go, you know? Right. Can I just respond yeah. to that for 30 seconds, Chris, before you say what you're about to say? <laughs> um, I don't get as worn out on vacations as Kayla does because my expectation of the vacation is I'm basically the road manager for like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> we drive the show to a town, they, they put on a performance, they trash the hotel room, I load up the vehicle and drive it to the next city. And so that, that's my expectation of our vacations. And mine is that we're going to have these beautiful photos on the beach or at the different right. destination yeah. and, you know, and it never happens because we can't you have... you learned by now. You'd think I'd learned by now, but I still, and I just have to keep telling myself like... She's worth waiting for. <laughs> This is this is not that it didn't go the way it should have gone. It's just this is the way it went. You yeah. know, it somebody just, didn't yeah, bring the, shoes, and we had to stop at Walmart to buy shoes. Or, you exactly. know, <laughs> I mean, and that's it. Was. That's so much of what it is. It's 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 kind of an abandonment of shoulds, and it's an acceptance of well, it is what it is, yeah. and this is what we're this is what we're responding to in the moment in real time. Uh, and it is what it is. And, um, and even that, um, even in the moment, being able to kind of, uh, get out of our head, you know, we tell our girls, especially our volleyball players, we say, fix your face, right? (laughs) Uh, you know, your face right now, if I were your coach, you're, I'd be pulling you. 
right? Like fix your face, get out of your head. Uh, and, and I love that question of, of, you know, what, what is true. You know, one of the things I've been asking my girls a lot lately is, um, uh, Hey, what, you know, what's true about what's bothering you right now mm. or what you're disappointed in right now? Like name it, mm. tell me what's true about it. Well, I'm, I'm really upset about X, Y, Z. Great. Name it, own it. It's real. We're not diminishing or pretending like it's not. Now, what else is true? Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's not, oh, that bothers you. Well, what's true? Like, no, no, that's true. And what else is true? You know, and so yeah. it could be, uh, I, you know, it could be, well, this particular thing is bothering me and that's true. But what else is true is, um, yeah, that person might be bothering me, but what else is true is I've got a lot of really great friends mm -hmm. uh, and I don't need to hang all my hat, all my hats on that one person that is especially difficult. What else is true is that I've got a lot of good friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, great. Right. And both those things can be true. And let's, let's, and that's not hot. That's not, Hey, let's think positively. I think, I think yeah. that's just kind of a, it is a practice among many others that we need to be willing to participate in, in order to experience the transformational thinking and mindsets and perspective um, in, in a lot of these, in a lot of ways. And so even when things are especially hard, like forcing myself to say, this is true, this hard is very true. Mm -hmm. And these feelings I feel are very true and very real, but what else is true? Yeah. Man, what else is true is that, uh, like we love this kid, I'd give my life for, you know, or I, I, the way that our family has been impacted or um, the way that we've seen God move in ways that I don't think we otherwise would have experienced had we not yeah. embarked on this, like that's also true. And what a gift. Um, and I don't always do well at that, but I'm really working on trying to name, name what's real and what's hard, but also follow it with, naming what else is true yeah um and, and that's just one of gosh endless amount of things that that i want to be participating in to to do what roman says which is like this renewal of your mind and then it, i love how it's followed with then you'll be able to test and approve what the will of god is it's almost as if it's mm -hmm. saying as we experience this transformation of the way that we think and perceive and interact with and assess what's going on around us, then we're able to more clearly see who God is and what God is doing in the midst of all of that. Yeah. So um, good. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that gave me a lot to think about. And so much so, Jason, that uh, if you're up for it, I'd like to, to do a part two uh, with you hmm. for our listeners because... Uh, yeah, that, that opened up uh, a can of worms in my head, so to speak. So, Same um, here. <laughs> so uh, Please stay. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, we're going to take a break. Uh, and uh, next episode, we'll have Jason back on uh, to talk about this in a little more detail. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Please like and share the podcast with your friends and family, and you can find us on your favorite social platforms by searching for One Big Happy Home.
And for our supporters, we'll have a special recap episode called The Green Room with Jason next week after the episode. Again, if you'd like to become a supporter, you can visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Thanks for listening.